Hello and welcome to Build a Bootcamp. I'm your host, LJ Haywood. During this episode, I'm joined by author, award-winning author, uh, Charlotte Murphy. Uh, she goes by Char, right? Am I pronouncing yes. everything right? Yes, that's exactly <laughs> right. Yes. I love, again, I love that painting in the background there. Um, oh, thanks. So listen, I, I want to ask the audience a question. Have you ever experienced a life-changing event um, that kind of made you feel that you were moments away from losing everything. Well, as a four-time breast cancer thriver, uh, my guest today, Shar Murphy's personal story helps empower people who have experienced that fateful moment to persevere, recreate their life, find their soul's purpose, and overcome to live out their dreams. And so we're going to be cracking into. I actually um, right after the, when we were, I was looking over your website and uh, I connected with you because I, I did a podcast with my buddy Tom. And uh, we connected uh, through LinkedIn, which is I, I was just asking you about this. If if if, if you guys get any value out of this podcast, out of this interview, inter, in, in, interview, interview, then definitely reach out to Miss Murphy uh, through LinkedIn. And uh, yeah, so I wanted to ask, I wanted, I wanted to crack right into this. So, you, you know, we're, we're talking about you can persevere after losing everything. And when I present this podcast to people, I ask them like, so how do you help people? What kind of value do they get from talking to you? And, and, and working with you and, and, and your story. And you talked about, you know, overcoming breast cancer four times. And, and so I, that would be the, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you've had multiple life-changing experiences throughout life, right? right. Um, with that in mind, um, was, that the, was that one of the biggest four times? You know, like, was that one of the biggest things that happened to you that really kind of changed your perspective on how you looked at life? Absolutely. Yes. Um, having breast cancer one time will change your life, but four times obviously is really going to be a, a, a whole game changer. And it was for me. I, I can remember the, the call I got that actually, it, it was after my second diagnosis because I was after the first one, I was, um, you know, still trying to keep all the balls in the air with the law in the law firm that I built and had a huge overhead and a lot of employees. And I was the only lawyer. And that was a big, that was a big mistake. We can talk about that at some point, but yeah. yeah so I'm uh, more about that. Yeah. How that worked, how, how that factored in, because again, and you, and I, um, I, I really do appreciate that you wanted to make sure that the information was relevant to the audience. And so we'll, we'll, we'll crack into right. that, but, but it is important to me as um, from a creative perspective and also from just a, a human perspective to kind of know more about your story and what, you know, what, what, what drove you to this. So that's very interesting. So we'll crack into that, but please continue. Okay. So um, yeah. So at that point, when I got the second call that said, um, you know, you can no longer, you can no longer play, you can no longer practice law anymore. Um, and I had just remodeled a home and was living the life I thought of my dreams. I had my identity was as a successful lawyer and it was all like just literally gone in the spur of the moment. So I, um, you know, I do, but, you know, really just figure out how, I was going to put my life back together and what was next. And um, so what was that process like? Because, you know, even in every area of life, when, when something like very um, overwhelming hits you, 
and and you're kind of like it kind of washes over you. You're trying to okay, now I'm trying to process this. Right. When you got past the point of of, of the initial shock. You know what did what was what was that process like? I, I guess we'll focus on the first time that you actually experienced this. What was that process of kind of getting your bearings and then and then moving forward? Well, you know, all of life is a process, and obviously there there was a process to it. And and basically, what I had to do is um, reassess my life, my values, my goals, my my value and what was what was going to bring me joy and how could I make a living from doing it right um so I just basically had to really pull myself back together and spend some time taking care of myself and and healing uh healing was a big part of the journey and um were you already an author at that time I'm curious were you already writing uh writing at the no. time no, no, I wasn't. No, but that was one of my dreams, you know, to be to to write. And I'd always been a writer in my life. So but that didn't come to me immediately because I just had to get back up on my feet and get well. And that was, you know, that's just part of the process when you go through something like this. But, um, you know, I had to learn to. I knew that I was going to have to reinvent myself at that point. And I did not know how I knew I could, but I needed to find that joy in my life again. And how to do that was reassessing what I really wanted out of life and, and how could I achieve it? So in, in, in that process, I began uh, my spiritual journey and really getting to know myself again and what my strong points were, what my weak points were, um, and not get stuck in the fear. Getting, you know, when when something like that happens, it is it's fearful, and there's no doubt about it. And that's just going to happen. But you have to move past those fears and start looking at what you really are, who you really are. Getting back in touch with that again, um, figuring out what the next steps are to find your joy again in life. Did you already, or, or did you build, did you have like a, a support system around you that was, uh, that was very helpful during that time, during that, during that very trying time? Absolutely. Good question. Because the support system is absolutely foundational. Um, I could not have done it alone. Um, you know, like it, it was everything from, my friends driving me to doctor's appointments, driving me to um, my treatments and taking notes for me, something as simple as that, because I, you know, they were shooting so much information at me that I, I, I couldn't remember what the doctors were even saying. I was just totally overwhelmed. And so that, how was that? Because um, okay, so it, it, it's it's I'm happy you're mentioning that the um, that your friends are taking notes for you because it's like all right, look, I got I've got a lot I'm dealing with, and and where can I fit in? And I'm in a relationship. I, I recently yeah. got engaged um, a couple of weeks ago, and um, and I'm looking at how I can kind of fill some of the gaps in the relationship when some people get overwhelmed. Uh, right now, we're in a big transitional period. 
um, for us, not as, um, and like she's getting out of the Navy, right? A career shift, like you, like you were yeah. saying. And I, I think for anybody, if you don't have people that are there to support you, it, it makes things very difficult when you're shifting uh, from, uh, I don't care if it's in business and life relationships, um, having mm -hmm. the right people around you is really, really important. How did you, you, you mentioned that you're an attorney. Um, are, are you still practicing as an attorney? I am not. I am not. I, um, you know, I didn't go to law school till I was 32 years old and I was a single mom, put myself through law school, worked, you know, really, really oh, hard. Congratulations. That's, that's an oh. achievement right there. <laughs> yeah. That is incredible. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And, how, many, uh, how, many, how many kids do you have? Just one. Just one. Okay, just one. cool. Two grandkids. <laughs> that's awesome yeah um yeah i was actually just speaking to my grandmother when um when i proposed to ella i called my granny and she uh she laughed she goes oh, i guess i guess he's he's your problem now ella <laughs> i'm not no problem granny she's like no you're one of my favorites but you know she's funny like that um yeah so i mean that's a blessing too you know and and to be able to get through that and then experience you know what i'm saying that part of the life, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's very important. And, and, and then having a grandmother that went through those kind of things, I'm sure they're getting about a, a value out of that, right. To see, like, you'd be able to overcome that and, and continue to, uh, to do what you're doing. So at what point did, cause you mentioned one of your dreams was, was to be an author, but I, well, before I ask that, I wanted to ask you, how did your, um, how did this affect the business side of things? Like, how did you, how, how did you maneuver that, that, those those waters but yeah that you had a team you had a practice um mm -hmm. and maybe we could dig into that a little bit and how that how that factors <clears> in well that's another great point because i was not i mean after having a, my my own law firm for 10 years i wasn't expecting this and and from the very beginning i think that you know my my planning was just start this law firm i didn't expect it just to take off and grow like it did. And so I was very blessed with that, but the planning stages weren't there to say something like this so catastrophic would happen. Um, but you have to plan your business as a, as a startup business. One of the main things you have to know is from the very beginning, first of all, it's really smart to have a partner, um, it's really smart to have, you know, someone that can, that you can bounce things off of, that you can uh, rely on to be there. Well, by that, by that, you mean like, for example, in, in that industry, in that profession, in that profession, uh, would that partner be another attorney that you'd be partnering yes. with? Yes. So you keep the lights on, essentially, if anything were to happen to either one of you? Exactly. Exactly. Gotcha. Okay. So, I want to track it. Yes. So I was doing it all by myself, except for, you know, I had a staff of 10 behind me. But when things started going south, there was nobody there that could step into my shoes and be Charlotte Murphy of Murphy's Law. There was nobody <laughs> that could. Right. You know, I was I was it. I was Murphy's Law. And and so, I mean, it, it really inhibited everything from being able to not only not can be able to continue the practice, um, but, you know, to keep the doors open. But. It, it it affected it it just was it was not a, it was not a it was not conducive to any upsets along the way 
even though I did have an embezzlement at one point, a huge embezzlement, which was totally out of the blue. And, but I hadn't planned for that. And, you, you know, you, you, you want to trust people and you don't think you're going to have things like like that happen. But it, the main thing, my point is, is you've got to be able to plan for everything. OK, who's going to step in my shoes? What am I going to do? How am I going to how what's my end? How am I going to get out of this situation if something were catastrophic to happen to me? God forbid. Um, you know, those type of things, you got to know when you, when you start your business that it, it can happen. And not and, so, and, yeah. and it's not, it's not, it's one of those things that you were saying, um, um, now when you go into law, like say you want to be a lawyer, they don't really teach you a lot of this stuff, do they? Like how to, how to run the practice, how to structure the deal, how to. No, right? not at all. You had no for those that are listening. Not at all. And so uh, that's that. That's the thing that I'm seeing in no matter what, you could be a lawyer, a dentist, insurance agent, real estate agent. When you set these things up and life happens, which we're gonna, I, I want to dig into this, and we actually got some comments here that I want to look at. Um, oh wow. Okay, let me see here. Yeah. So, oh, somebody's congratulating me on the uh, the. Uh, I guess it just must. People people are still just learning about my uh, my engagement. So. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> That's a life changing experience. But when you get into those situations too, it's like there's certain conversations that need to be had. When it's like, all right, so we're getting married. Like, what's what's our goals? What are our values? You talking about values? Um, are we in alignment with certain things? Because a lot of times people people uh, and, and they, they they get in relationships, whether or not it's business or otherwise. And they don't have these conversations. And then when things happen, it's like, oh, but I thought that I would just do this because this is how I've always done things. It's like, well, that's not how I do business. And then, like you said, the whole embezzlement thing, you find out somebody that you that you trusted does something that that's untrustworthy. <laughs> Keep it simple. Um, and then now you have to face that. But I think it's because um, and this is a perfect example. You know, single mom has an ambitious go getter wants to start her own practice and it's kind of uh, the analogy that I use a lot of times in business is like people and my, my background's in aviation people are trying to fix the plane as it's already taken off you know mm -hmm. and you want to make sure that aircraft is certified and ready to fly that whole that whole time before it takes off and sure. that's the boring stuff that's the stuff that no 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 I'm ready to, I'm ready to go I'm ready to go and it's funny too because I, in, in aviation pilots are always ready to go, right? They want like right, we're, we're here to fly. The, that's our job, fly the jet. And you're like, all right, sir. Well, listen, we got to make sure this jet is safe for you to fly, you know. And uh, and so I, I think that when you sit down with a professional, when you when you got into when when you figured all this stuff out, did that actually help you as as an attorney when it comes to like law and practicing law to kind of help your clients? What what aspect did you kind of focus on, and and your if you don't mind me asking, what aspect of of law did you focus on? I was doing uh, um, civil tort litigation. Uh, you mind expand a little, a little bit of that? <laughs> <laughs> well, that means that I was helping people with, um, you know, like having major things happen in their lives uh, that weren't necessarily their fault. And uh, I was I was their their ally, their the person that that helped them find themselves again and start over. And and sometimes, unfortunately, when we're lawyers, the, the way that, we, that 
the only way of con compensating people for their losses is through money. And um, yeah, but 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 my my main that's that's what helps them get back on their feet, um, and and it can help all of us get back on our feet. But it, it, it was um, a constant. Um, well, you're meeting people at like at a very, and this is my habit. Like right. when somebody meets you, they're speaking to a lawyer. They're in a tough spot more than likely, <laughs> right? Yes. And so how do you how do you comfort a person when they're in that position? Like, what do you say to that person when they sit down with you and they're like, this is the situation. I don't know what to do. Can you help me? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, first, I have to decide if I can help them. And mm. if I it, and if I if I can or if I could, then I would say, don't worry about it. I, I can I can help you. Um, and and it's funny that you even asked how do I how did I comfort people most time people walk into a lawyer's office they're intimidated right they're very intimidated they it, and they don't look at you like you're a real person like they are they may not know that you've been through a lot of the same things they've been through and so instead of sitting behind a big a big brown desk you know like this and them sitting on the other side of me no. I had a, a a couch and a and a they would sit on a couch, which immediately brings comfort, like they're in my living room, and um, and just being me, like I don't know. I have so many funny stories of of being vulnerable, actually being vulnerable, you know, right in there in front of my clients. Um, I, just one little bitty funny story was a was a a serious case, and she was talking to me, and she was scared to death literally scared to death. And as I was talking to her, one of my earrings just like fell out of my ear and went rolling across the floor. And <laughs> that's not gonna be funny to men because they're not gonna get it. Like, okay, so what? But it let her know that I was a human. I was real. And and that and I and people always knew that I cared about them and their situation. And that was actually I was known as the lawyer that cared. The really cared about. People. I actually, uh, uh, you know, it's interesting too because I'm actually live on an uh, on a platform called Clubhouse, and we've got a few listeners that wanted to ask you some questions. Uh, um, they sure? just they just sent me some messages. So we have Maya. Uh, Maya, are you with us still? Can you hear me? Okay, uh, you're, you're free to ask your question if you are. Hi, LJ. Um, hi there. Yes. Hi, Maya. Shar, right? Yes. Okay. Thank you. I'm I'm so intrigued by your story. And um, I am just wondering about your process of realizing your ability to heal from uh, those situations. The process of me um, learning to heal from that process. Is that what you're asking me? Yes. Um, like how you, so with the experiences of um, having cancer four times, when did you realize that you could heal from it? Or what was your process of realizing that, you know, you could um, overcome it? Well, it, it really wasn't the, the knowing that I could overcome the disease itself. It was knowing, believing in myself and trusting myself to go with the process, take the steps necessary to do whatever I could to heal 
it was the real healing came after that when I was able to rediscover through that process who I really who I really am and what my true value is and that my identity is not wrapped up as being a lawyer or even an author or whatever today it is it's deeper within you it's learning who you really are and being able to find that strength to keep going no matter what happens whether it's through breast cancer or beyond that and i actually uh Maya, did you have a follow-on question and thank you for that question it's a great question Thank you. That was a powerful answer. Um, no, I think um, she answered it very succinctly. So thank you for the opportunity for having me ask that. Yes, thank you. Thank Great you, question. Maya. Thank you so much. I, I actually, um, the reason why this is very important is because I think just nationally, internationally, globally, a lot of people are experiencing um a life-changing event you know the way that we operate whether or not you're for or against whatever the political side of the spectrum is people right. are experiencing a a lot of um I, I mean it's just it's overwhelming right i mean we're, we're changing the way we operate as people in, a, in an entire country all at the same time you know and mm -hmm. I've, I've found that people that have already gone through tough times tend to be able to navigate these waters a bit better does that make sense so when yes. you look at what's going on right now what advice do you give to people when it comes to and maybe maybe tie it back to what you just said though you know it, it could be the same it could be that same. what advice do you give to some, somebody that's that, that maybe this is their their life-changing event that's just hitting them hitting mm -hmm. them in the face and just like what am i doing how, how do i get through this i'll tell you what the biggest thing one of the biggest things is not to look at how far you have to go, but look at how far you've already come. And you have to believe in yourself and you have to trust yourself again. And when you, when you, when you look at how far you've already come and all the things you've already accomplished, that gives you, that reinforces that inner strength to keep going and not give up where you are and say, Look what all I've already done. I know I can. I can do this. I can. I can recreate myself. I, I've done it. How many times in my life? And and that's important to be able to know that you can do it. You might not know how, but you know you can. Yeah, and my and I, I want to know, and that's really that's really important. And uh, I want to know a little bit about your background, like maybe a little bit about where you grew up. But I actually have another uh, another caller uh, calling in, uh, Candice. I wanted to ask you a quick question. Uh, Candice, are you with us still? Yes. Hi, Shar. I have a quick question for you. First, I want to say that you're so strong, and I thank you for that. You you oh, motivate me. me. Thank you. But through this thank whole you. process. You're welcome. Through this whole process, at any point did you feel like I just can't do this? I have to stop. Did you have that moment? And if not, any advice to give those who's just like want to keep going but are afraid and just want to stop? Absolutely. And that fear is what you have to deal with and overcome. And once you are able to overcome your fear, then you just start you start doing 
just taking baby steps, doing anything you can, take care of yourself, take the time to like, okay, I might not be able to do this today, but I can do something to take care of myself and, and I can meditate. I can do whatever helps me gather my strength back together to just go ahead and take that next step. Yeah. And I, uh, oh, by the way, Candace, did you have a follow on question? Cause I, I love that response. I was going to answer that. I was going to respond thank you. to that. No, no, thank you. But you're going to respond to it. And I appreciate this so much, this platform. I want to say thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Candace. Yeah. I was going to say one of the things that I, that I've done when I get kind of overwhelmed, I, I, uh, my most peaceful thing is like just reading a book next to a tree. It sounds so cliche, kind of corny, but, um, and I, the reason why I like that is because I love having peace of mind um, and 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 just not being rushed to get something done. Like the days that I have off, a lot of times people want to stack that with just stuff to do when really the thing you should be doing is probably no, absolutely nothing, especially exactly. if you're really, really busy, because that's when I get my best ideas is when I'm sitting there, I'm reading, like, oh, I, I could apply this to the show. Uh, this podcast, for example, was actually... One of the things that I just was thinking about, and I, I, I shared with a friend of mine, uh, shout out to Keith Anderson, and uh, I gave him the concept of the show, what I wanted to talk about. Um, uh, the show has kind of morphed into other things, and, and, and it's a little bit different than what I initially wanted it to be. Um, it's better, in my opinion. But I, uh, I sent him that idea, and then he sent me a list of like 60 topics of discussion that I could kind of like play with to, to, for the show. And... That just came from me just sitting around, just thinking, thinking. One of the things that I've I heard many years ago was we have to stop and we have to think about what we think about. And a lot of the mm -hmm. negative talk may not necessarily be from you. It could be from your parents telling you negative things. I was just on a, uh, I just had a podcast recently where I was explaining uh, to my guests that uh, I was in a relationship many years ago. And uh, the young lady I was dating at the time came out in a red dress. I was like, wow, you look gorgeous. You look, look, look gorgeous in that red dress. And she started crying because her father had told her that only only ladies that are like, you know, unscrupulous wear red and all this stuff. I'm like, really? And he's, so she had never worn a red dress since like the age of like, I think, 11 or something like that. And mm -hmm. so things like that, you know, and, and so she so she always said it's like she so and she had internalized that. I asked her because she never you know, I was like, why do you think you don't look good in red? And she was like. Oh, well, I don't know. And then she, I was like, why? And then so she thought about it. And it was something that somebody had told her years ago. And it's important mm -hmm. to kind of sit back and say, well, is that really what I feel about myself? Or is that something that maybe I've internalized? That's probably not serving me. And also it's not true. Um, I have another, she reminds us of, uh, uh, oh, just, she, somebody just saying that what you're saying is is very life changing. Um, and uh, it's very, very important wow. to uh, let you know that. Thank um, you. So I want to back up a little bit in this segment of the show and kind of get a little bit about your background. You know, uh, I hear a bit of an accent. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> sure exactly you grew up. So what, what whereabouts are you, are, are you from? I'm from Little Rock, Arkansas. Um, okay. I was born in, um, I'm, I live here now. I, uh, part of my healing journey was moving to the beach uh, because that was, that was one of my dreams. That Going I was, to the beach? Yes. And actually that's where I, I wrote my three books. Um, so I, um, uh, but, but I ended up right back here in Little Rock for the time being and see, you know, just seeing where life leads me from here as far as whether or not I want to stay here. I'm not sure, but yes, that's where I'm from. 
And, and you're and wait a minute. So you you're from Little Rock. Where are you at currently? Yes. And that's where you are Little currently. Rock. Gotcha, gotcha, yes. gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I love the ocean. Um, when I was in the military uh, and basic training, I would uh, when I was in, when I was when I was really little, um, my cousins and I would go down to the beach, and uh, we would go run on the beach and sand dunes, all that kind of stuff. So when I was like overwhelmed, I would just picture myself running at the beach, like when I was having the four, yeah. like, they force you to run miles and miles. So I'm like running at the beach in my mind. And uh, so, yeah, those, the, that, that experience, if, if you are, if you're from the Midwest or anywhere like that, and you haven't, or you haven't been to the beach, I mean, it's, it's, it's overwhelming. Another, so that was when I went to the beach, that like, was very overwhelming for me. Another thing I did was when I went to Alaska, you ever, you ever been to Alaska? I have not. I, I'm oh not a God. big fan of cold weather. <laughs> <laughs> but you can go there where it's not too cold. I mean, it, it definitely, it warms up and uh, when, cause they have, they have like where it's it's completely dark all the time. Where I was in Anchorage, it was pretty dark all the time, and then it's light, all, like right. And um, if you if you go there, there was it's there's a spot that I went in Anchorage uh, that uh, it, it 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 was like you had hiked to like the edge of the earth, like it was just incredible, you know. And it just kind of lets you know how big, like it's just crazy. And those yeah. those peak experiences are very mm -hmm. important to kind of really take a moment like when i was there i took a moment and i just sat there and just like just just like took it all in and was like wow i, I hiked this and this was actually at a time where i had injured my knee and one of the reasons one, one of the contributing factors why i left the service full-time i injured my knee and this was about a year after i had fully re rehabbed it and so i that hike for me was just very important i hadn't told all the guys i was, I was part of a team there but when i got to the very top i was just sitting there and i was kind of like i was a little emotional and I was like, yo, hey, we'll tighten up. <laughs> but it was important to me because I hadn't, uh, when I when I first got my knee injury, I hadn't been able to, to walk more than a mile without my knee hurting. And I hiked uh, 10 miles into this, up, up this mountain. It was wow. freaking awesome. And um, I want to, I want uh, so uh, grew up there, uh, did law. When was the point where, like, what was that, uh, that epiphany that you're like, you know what, maybe I should start writing my first book. And if you want to explain a little bit about your first book, like, what was that, what was that moment to say, okay, I should write this book. Yeah, it's awesome. Yes. Thank you. Um, well, it, it, when I had, when I was at the beach, uh, and, and I had a, a condo that actually looked out over uh, this water, like you say, it just makes you see how big the world really is. And, and it inspired me to to say, wow, you know, I've been writing pieces and parts of my book all my life, putting these these things together and especially through the breast cancer diagnosis and, and losing my identity and my career, all of that. And it let me put things into perspective again. And when I started reflecting on my life and where I was in that moment, it was like, okay, it's time to put it together. And so it was like the perfect spot to write, to write books. And then COVID happened. So it was even, it, it was like, it was all every, you know, I do believe everything happens for a reason. And we end up in certain places or certain things happen and it's all to lead us to our, our purpose, our, our true purpose and who we really are and living that and, and living 
from our heart space and, and sharing and, and, and all of my life, I've all I wanted to do is help people. And this was my next step to help a lot of people. Yeah, I was looking over. I was looking over the website, and I was I was I was, I was asking ordering a copy of because uh, the one you have here on your site is Unshakable Power through Seasons of the Soul, and maybe you could speak to that. Um, and I'll, I'll actually, as you're as you're speaking to that one, was that was that, was that your, your most recent uh, um, published book, right? Yes, yes. Um, the the first two were actually um, they were co-written. They mm-hmm. were co-written books and. And then um, my publisher actually was very instrumental in um, helping me uh, get the courage and the um, the commitment to putting the time in to to writing my book because it would help so many people through life's struggles, obstacles, and help them know that they do have the strength within them to, to keep going. And, and you just can't look back. You, you can only look back to what you've learned, what you've gained, the wisdom acquired and, and take that growth and take the next step into your joy and in finding your real joy. What really makes you happy? Why you're here? What's your purpose? And so that's just become my whole, that's become my whole premise of my life now was it's for this reason that we're here right now is to be able to, and through my book, and just to say, you can do it. You, you can do it. You may not know how, again, I will repeat that. You may not know how, but you can do it. You just have to keep going and take that next step and then the next step and the whole time being in touch with your heart and yourself and knowing who you are and being able to turn that into something that that brings you more joy by helping other people find their joy. It's amazing. It's really amazing. I say breast cancer saved my life. It really did. And you have to learn to find the gift in everything. You know, I love that. I never. That's one of the reasons why when somebody is speaking, I don't like to. I don't like to cut them off because that last bit there was was just so. Man, that's powerful. That's very very powerful. And I really wanted. To, I really wanted to go back to. Um, a little bit about the um, the business side of things. So, like, let's talk about. You said you you said you, your first two books were were co uh, produced. Is that what you uh, co written? Co authored. Yes. And so, when you decided to write the book and you started doing it, were there some issue? Well, like, like I say, with your first uh, with your first book, um, how 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 that process go? Can you kind of a little bit uh, about about the process behind it? Just kind of because I know a lot of people right now that are. That are, they have they have a story in them and they want to get they want to get it out there. So maybe kind of speak to that a little bit if you don't mind. Yes, we all do have a story, and I would I encourage everyone to tell their story. Tell your story; it's important. It can help somebody. I can tell you. Um, the process for writing a book is is basically just knowing what you what you want your message to be. You know what it is, why you're doing it. 
So you want to know your who, why, and what. And then, you know, if, if you're like me and you've probably written all your life and you've written, you've got chapters here, chapters there, you start putting things together. It's always really helpful again. Uh, and I will say this, like when we were talking about planning, um, it's good to plan and it's good to have someone to uh, run things by and, and say, okay, well, what do you think about this? And, and, oh, they might say, well, you know, you could say that a little differently, a little more powerful and make a little more impact. And, and those people are important. You're talking about your support there. And, and, and so I've always believed in having that support system and part of writing a book is having a support system. Absolutely. And it's interesting too, because sometimes when you're writing a, a friend of mine, Elisa Escalante wrote a book about her experiences with dealing with, um, her book is called Unseen, Uncovering the Invisible Wounds of Military Trauma. And mm. a lot of that is very uh, deep. And uh, sometimes you, when you're writing, you don't want to be too, um, it, feel, it, it, it could feel like you're pretty much opening up your diary, so to speak, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. I bared my soul. It's not the same <laughs> book that I would write today. If I had, I, I, I'm looking for opportunities to, to write some more and because I'm, I'm helping other people write their stories and get their books out, which is great and very re rewarding. Um, but I, I haven't, I have other books than me. Uh, and uh, yes. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So when you, let me, let me, let me look over my notes. Cause I actually, uh, there's a couple of things I wanted to cover. So when it comes to you mentioned about the identity shift, right, and 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 and, yes. uh, and recreating your life, can you speak to that a bit and how that process and maybe uh, kind of share your insights on that on that aspect of what we're talking about today? Sure. See, we we think that when we've done something or worked so hard to to get somewhere in life, and we are we're so wrapped up in that in that identity of who we've created ourselves to be on the exterior, right? Is who people looked at me and saw me as a successful lawyer, um, but we're really much more than what we do. We are, we, we, we are our values. We are our heart. We are our soul. We are our mind all together. Um, we are way more than what we do. So when I lost that identity exteriorly, I was almost frozen with that, um, with that because I, I had lost who I really was and what, what I really wanted out of life and had lost the joy really in doing what I was doing. It was just had become rote, you know, and it, it was, so it was about finding me again. I also I also wanted to look at something. I was looking over your website uh, earlier today, and I saw that on, on your homepage, you have tips for transition to transformation. Could you speak to that a bit? I see you got a special offer. Let me go ahead and share that. You mind speaking to that a bit? It's very interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, because because I have I have been through so many transitions in my life, 
and and transformed myself uh, in, inside and exteriorly uh, in what I what I do. Um, those tips are a, a lot of affirmations, really. They're they're positive affirmations of how you can recreate yourself in the process uh, for transformation uh, to get to where you want to be in life and feel good about what you're doing and and love yourself again. And I think that is a lot of people are missing those um, those pieces of themselves. And that's why we get lost is when we lose our identity. We lose ourselves. We 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 need these we need tips to help us through our transformations and so that book is i mean uh, yes i i it's a free offer right now on my website so that people can go and sign up for that and then they will receive um every week a a new tip for transform trans, transformation excuse me and um it, it will help them in gaining their new perspective on life and, and becoming who they really are. Yeah. I'm about to get my tips y'all. So I'm about to click claim my free gift. Cause you know what? That may not be forever people, you know? Um, so if you're listening to this podcast today, live, um, I, I want you to go to, and I love, I love your website. It's believe inspired.us. That yes. is an, I love that. I love that title. What, what inspired you to, to, are, are you doing are you doing your own podcast pretty soon because i like i like that title <laughs> oh <laughs> absolutely i am working on starting my own podcast absolutely yes i am yeah because just not 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 only are you a great writer you you are you're an incredible speaker um and oh, uh, yeah yeah I, I i i mean listen i'm looking at i'm looking at some of the comments here uh one of one of the comments says uh, quote, I felt the love at the end of what she said. The part was important. Uh, that part was important. Quote, breast cancer saved my life. Uh, great interview. Thank you. Thank uh, you. One of our uh, one of our listeners uh, here live. And um, it, it's interesting how the things that that, you know, it, it, it's all about perspective. Right. It, it's all about how you perceive the world around you and one of the things that I think is really important from my background in the service was you have to kind of prepare your resilience so that you're more resilient when things do come. Right. Um, and so I encourage people like start building out some of the things we're talking about, build out a team around you, people that are supportive. Um, you may have to eliminate people. I'm not, uh, I don't want to get into that, but there are some, some, uh, maybe we can, but there, there, there are certain, situations where you know people just are no longer serving you and your goals and your purposes and a lot of that negativity has to be eliminated so that when things when you do actually are facing actual negative actual life hits you you want to have people that are there to encourage you and um and 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 build courage within you so you're not so uh needy of other people uh to oh here's the uh look how yeah and and i love that Look how far you've come already is another quote that you have some great quotable people are actually quoting. Thank some you. I love that. Thank here. you. Yeah, it's very interesting. It's 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 very, very cool. Um, so as we're kind of winding down, um, I wanted to know. So you mentioned that you're working with other uh potential authors and current authors mm -hmm. and, and, and making uh 
their uh, dream of becoming a writer uh, a reality, which is very uh, right. admirable as well. Um, so what so what do you got working uh, towards the future? I mean, we, we we're kind of coming out of this uh, this uh, this pandemic and and, and things are kind of opening up. Um, so maybe some speaking engagements. What, what do you got? What do you got planned for the uh, the next couple of years? Yes, yes. That is one of my next big goals is um, I, I'd like to start a podcast, but I, I want to start um, being on larger stages where I can ha have a, a greater impact all at once. And the energy in a room, you know, can be fantastic. And people, people's energy feed off of each other from, from what you're speaking about. And and that's that's a that's my next really big goal after starting a podcast and maybe fitting a book in there somewhere. And so yes, that's 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 what I'm that's where we're, I'm headed. We're definitely on the same wavelength. One of the one of the uh, my affirmations is uh, I'm a I'm a global international speaker and uh, and um, uh, well one of them is I'm an international connector of people. Um, I, I think I have enough. Thank you. I have enough. Um, I just uh, when I was a kid, you know, I was kind of a chameleon. Like I was in different cultures. I, I love studying culture and how people interact, and and not so much what, what what the focus has been from my perspective is always on what makes us different, but what makes us uh, similar. You know, a lot a lot of a lot of things are dissimilar in society, and it's funny to me when. When I'm able to just know something about somebody's culture, there's a, there's a, there's, there's a gentleman that I work with in the Navy. Um, I'm, I'm in the reserves, but I also work with the Navy as a contractor. And this gentleman, uh, his last name is Kim, and I said, and I was like, "Anyaseyo," oh, and he's like, which is hello in Korean, right? And I spent a year in Korea, and so we were he and I were talking, and uh, I was talking to him about kimchi and about about soju, and we're just I was talking about Osan and all this different stuff. And so it's, it's funny to me when you could be next to somebody, and I always ask people this, like uh, like when I'm when I'm traveling, hey man, how's the wife? How's the kids? How's the family? I feel like I'm more connected with people sometimes because I, I I I make an effort to do this. Um, that like here where I'm working at now, nobody knows each other because nobody really seems to really care, you know. And so I'll ask, hey man, how's the wife? How's the kids? And I'm. I, I'm taking the time. If they give me a response, I've got to, I'm not gonna, oh, well, let me just go run this. Oh, let somebody share with it. And just asking that question as just kind of like a staple for when I'm meeting somebody. Hey man, how you been? Are you doing all right? You know, how how's the wife? How's the kids? How are you doing? You know, and and yes. and not just to be talking, but to really just to get to know the person, seeing what they're doing. And it's it, and I get a lot of pleasure when like I've been gone for months and then person's like, yo, what's up, man? Where you been? And and there's other people that these people were on all day every day, and they're not excited to see these people. And you know, it's just it just bothers me that we're so disconnected um, yeah. from our humanity, so to speak. You know, and um, I grew up in a house situation where you know it was rough, but because of perspective and 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 and, and affirmations, and my grandmother uh, really would read a lot. Um, her house was was cluttered with books, <laughs> you know, like very. Yeah. His books. All, I remember her couch. I, I I can see it like it was. She had a couch, and you know how you know how behind the couch you have like a um like the like the painting you have there. That's why I like that painting. In my grandmother's house, she had this big painting that was. I mean, it was very. Uh, it was like an antique of like a uh, of a a western scene, 
And then behind the couch, she just had stacks of books that she covered with a blanket. <laughs> And she would be like, LJ, could you help me? I'm looking for, like, I, I would come home some days and she'd be reaching behind the couch looking for a book. I can't find this damn book. Could you come over here? <laughs> Do all these books trying to find this one that she wants. I'm looking for the poem books and this and that. Oh. And uh, yeah, that was, that, that, that was just little stuff like that. It's just like, people can't even, they have no idea. Um, I actually want to interview her on the podcast at some point just to kind of like document that journey because she's, She's uh she called me recently a couple of years ago um and she was like grandson you know uh I didn't turn she's like what she said she's like I'm almost out my I'm 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 almost out of my 70s because she had turned 79 at the time when she called me you know <laughs> but it's funny anyways moving right along <laughs> I yes, wanted to, you should uh, do that. <laughs> what's that I said you should do that you should interview her oh absolutely yeah it's gonna be great too um I've got some great questions for granny um she her story is very interesting she moved from texas to california with 20 25 in her pocket and um ended up having ended up having a beautiful life uh nine kids uh, my mm -hmm. father was the oldest so i'm a third i'm lawrence my lap everybody knows me as lj for those of you guys that don't know my name is lawrence but uh, uh my grandfather's name is a very old name too and ella and i were talking we're laughing we like we're, some, we're like an old couple because uh Lawrence and Ella, you know, <laughs> just like, oh, I love that. those names are not very common as much as they used to be. Um, so I like that too. Um, I was telling Ella, I was like, I'm going to name my name, our daughter, Norma. She's like, no, <laughs> 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 my granny's name though. I'm like, yeah, my granny's name is Norma. Like, no. I named her Norma. I'm like, all right, all right. Well, I, I, I'm just, I'm still working that one. You know, I might, I might be able to get that done. Um, I want to thank you for being on the show. I want to real quick. Uh, I oh, wanted to share the, uh, the the tips there that you had um, on the website. Bam! I mean, look, this is like this is mint. This was uh, I actually clicked the uh, the uh, the free offer there. So what you do is you come in here, you add your email, and you subscribe like that. Bam! As simple as that. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy, as I always say. Um, and I look forward to getting those tips. Uh, I'm really excited. Um, I, I see that when we were doing the podcast, you had your notes there. So this is somebody I definitely have a lot of respect for um, because uh, you're very well organized uh, as a, 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 as you should be within a, within an attorney background. Um, if I would have started uh, started uh, asking a whole bunch of like, yo, I would have asked though, like as a female going into that space. Okay, let's not wrap this up just yet. What was because like, you think uh, of like being an attorney? Like, could you speak to that, please, just briefly, like? Was it overwhelming? Like, what was what was that like to like run the courtroom? You know, are you talking about being a female in a man's world, basically? Right. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that's good. That's good. It's getting better, uh, but the profession. When I went to law school, even there were maybe out of eighty, there were fifteen women students. And by the way, they were all younger than me but uh, anyway um yes it's it it was difficult and at times i felt like there was a glass ceiling that i could only go past a certain level in my growth as a as a lawyer but i i gained their respect by just being me and being honest i was not competitive it, it wasn't a com competitive spirit they didn't feel like i was competing against them i think they sometimes felt like they were competing I, I was the competition they were competing against me so 
for me, it, it really wasn't a, it, it was, it can be hard. It can be difficult, especially getting started. But once you establish yourself and, and you establish that no like and trust factor, you get to know people, you build the relationships and they accept you like it's just as part of them. It's just, that's just the way it is. And that's the way it was for me. I love that. And matter of fact, one of the things that uh, I kind of like when I have like females that are in my in my unit that like I ask them a question like very past like you, I need you to to search yourself, you know, because at the end of the day, um, it's cultural. Like some of the some of the passive behavior that I see on one of the podcasts I was talking about was like it's a cultural thing. It's like, no, you're in charge here, you know, and Ellen and I like Ellen and I will get together. Like, you are in charge here. So be in charge. You know, take 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 mm-hmm. take the reins. Do what you're supposed to do. Nope, I'm not here to hold anybody back. I want, and I love fair competition, you know. And if somebody is, one of the things that just drives me crazy is is I want to be, I want people to no, not know who the leader is of, of 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 my team, you know. Like, like I, I want a team of awesome people. So like, when yes. I male, female, it doesn't really matter. Um, we need to when we step in there, people are like, yo, who's running this show? Because you guys are all shit hot you know like and yeah. that, and that's that's the attitude internally that you have to have in in an organization so maybe we can talk more about that on the next episode of the podcast i would love to <laughs> yeah because um yeah I, I i'm actually now i'm i'm excited about that because i, I want to learn more about um stepping into that from from your perspective so as we wrap up i'd love to leave my guests with the last word and by the way guys if you got value out of the podcast please share this episode with three or four friends that are entrepreneurial minded. Maybe they're not. Maybe maybe they want to hear a great story because this was a good story. Um, and by the way, I am expanding online. My team is expanding online. If you want to schedule an appointment to learn how to make some additional income with my organization, you can email me at info at ljhaywood.com. I also, if you check out the comments section, I do workshops on how to start your own podcast. If you're a business owner and you want to get started very quickly, uh, just kind of, you know, a crash course is what I really want to do. Uh, my goal is to help uh, 50 people start their own podcast that 50 entrepreneurs start their own show to where it actually is an income producing revenue generating activity. It's just not a hobby. It's legit. So if you want to just talk about uh, basket weaving, but you want to make money doing it, talk to me. Anyways, uh, <laughs> uh, sign me up. <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny too. Ella, when I started coming home, Ella, she likes to, uh, uh, she's making like, she's knitting and I'm like, I'm like, it's not my thing, but uh, if you guys want to talk about that on the podcast, then yeah, fine thing. Um, you can invite Ella as a guest. Um, so anyways, um, I'd like to let my guests have the last word. So as it relates to maybe the title of, of, of this podcast, you know, you can persevere um, after losing everything. Uh, I want to thank you, um, Shar, for doing this incredible interview, for mm-hmm. answering some of the guests' uh, questions that we had from uh, some of the listeners. Um, and they got a lot of value out of that. I, I keep getting messages here Um just on my phone and also um, live on, on LinkedIn and Facebook. Uh, people really did it. Uh, and I, I mean, you'll see when you go into the comment section, you'll see what I'm talking about. Um, and uh, yeah, so as it relates to the topic at hand, um, I'd like to leave my guests with the last words. So what would you like to leave our audience with, Ms. Murphy? I will say that the main thing is believe in yourself, trust in yourself, know that you can do it even though you might not know how in the moment keep going one step at a time and never ever give up 